Welcome to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and a few years ago, I started a life and business coaching company with my bestie. I'm a wife, a business owner, a coach, a speaker, and the author of the book that inspired this podcast, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. I'm also training to run my first half marathon. Oh, and did I mention I'm doing all of this while overcoming a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis? It's true. And hey, if I can rise up, so can you. Each week on this podcast, I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the skills you need to rise up as the successful overcomer you were designed to be. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. All right, guys, welcome back to episode four of the She Who Overcomes podcast. Last week's episode was a little bit on the heavy side, right? I mean, anytime we talk about enduring suffering, it's going to be a little bit hard. So today, we're actually going to lighten it up a bit. I'm still reading to you from my book, She Who Overcomes, but chapter three is a little bit lighter. It's called She Never Quits but she might need a nap. So grab your copy and let's dive in because this chapter is all about how to persist when weary. All of our representatives are currently helping other callers. Thank you for waiting. I wanted nothing more than to reach through the phone line and wring the neck of that digital voice speaking at me. After 90 minutes of being on hold, I just wanted an answer, a human voice, somebody to help me figure out how to fix the situation that had punched me in the gut when I got home. My car keys kept luring me toward them, ready to flee the scene for cover at the nearest coffee shop. And I was tempted to grab them, to run out of the apartment and never look back. I was desperate for a warm cup of liquid comfort. Anyone would understand, especially given my puffy red eyes and my quivering voice. Weary and completely overwhelmed, I stood in my bedroom staring at the doorway, trying to figure out my next move. Give up? No. Just take a time out and calm down. Give in? Oh, I was so close. Honestly, I was. I wanted nothing more than to give in to the temptation of fleeing the scene and drowning my sorrows in a latte. But that's when my eyes caught the open Bible sitting on the shelf next to me. Its bright pink underlining grabbed me and drew me in. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Matthew 6, 34, the message version. Hmm. At that very moment, I was very worked up about what may or may not happen. Ironically, just a few hours earlier, I had enjoyed a health talk by a speaker who was sharing how to stress less and laugh more. 
Her witty visuals had the whole room roaring, which was a good thing because those endorphins probably lessened the blow a bit. Even so, in that particular moment, I was worked up. My conversation with God picked back up and I let out an overwhelming, crazy cry type of sigh asking God where he was in this situation that seemed so out of control. It really felt like he had abandoned me. And then that verse showed up. You see, I had read that verse earlier that morning. I had even shared it on social media. In the dim light of the morning sunrise, it seemed like such a vibrant ray of hope. But here... With my very raw emotions, it felt like an anchor pulling me down to common ground. Don't get worked up. It was a lifeline, coaxing me to give in to God instead of running to that liquid comfort that had been my go-to fix in times of turmoil. With tears streaming down my face and snot clogging up my nose, I carried my Bible and notebook into the living room where God and I had a time out together. In the moments that followed, he reminded me that he sees the scars on my heart and on my emotions. He's aware of every scab that is still too tender and raw, that bleeds again in moments of despair. He sees them all, and he's not scared off, he's not mad, he's not indignant. He's there to help when the hard things come up. And while I can't say he gave me an answer to fix the situation right then, he was doing something important and necessary in the very depths of my heart at that moment. You see, as soon as I turned my attention to God and what he was doing right then, I saw it. He was healing me. Always healing the deepest hurts, the rawest emotions, the fears that creep back in and threaten to choke me. He was healing me in the deepest way possible while giving me the strength to persist through my weariness. And he will do the same to you, my friend. During stressful situations, we have a choice. We can either give our attention completely to God or stew in our stress and make the situation worse. Women naturally have a tendency to do the latter because we are the more emotional creatures. We worry about tomorrow and let the fear of the unknown fester in our hearts. We want answers now instead of gracefully going through the process. This usually results in extreme fatigue and spiritual weariness. It is in this exhaustion that our fragile emotions run wild, causing the overcomer inside of us to be buried. Think back to the last few times when you felt worked up, when you felt stressed out, when you felt extremely fatigued. What did you do? Take a moment to think about it and maybe write down exactly what happened so you can see the proof right there in front of you. We can't improve anything until we recognize, first, the pattern, 
and then the root of the problem. And often, the root of the problem is that we allow ourselves to get sucked into the emotional storm and we force ourselves to forge ahead without giving the reins to God so that He can bestow us with the peace and rest that we so desperately need. By now, you've probably realized that She Who Overcomes the book has a lot of biblical references in it. And it does. That's on purpose. It was something I felt compelled to write about when I, when I started writing this book. However, I just want to reiterate that no matter what your beliefs are, I hope that you can gain something from this book and from this podcast, even if we don't have the same beliefs. But I want to let you know that as we go through this journey together, through the next several chapters, there's going to be a few times where we take a detour from the text in Revelation. In fact, three times we'll be detouring. This is the first of those three instances. We're going to take a moment and hone in on a refreshing verse in the book of Matthew. In just a moment, you'll see that God has taken the time to give us some important advice on how to handle the emotional storms and the weariness that blows in after them. Matthew 11.28 in the NIV version says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Did you catch it? He says, Come to me, I will give you rest. He doesn't say, Come to me and I'll send you somewhere else. He doesn't say, Come to me and I'll nag you for not knowing better. No. He does none of those things. Instead, we find that we are invited to bring our weary, frazzled, raw emotions to God and exchange them for rest. Peaceful, restoring rest. That's what we really need when our fragile emotions run wild. Yet, we don't do it. And there are many reasons why. Sometimes we feel guilty because we have laundry to do or meals to prepare, a home to clean. So we brush aside our personal needs to rest and recharge because the pressures of everyday life are caving in on us. Other times we carry crippling beliefs in our hearts that tell us we aren't worth it or that the world will fall apart if we take a break. Both of these beliefs, by the way, are rooted in pride. And sometimes, we're just plain old scared and afraid of following the strings of our raw emotions to find what's on the other end. So we just ignore it. None of these reasons are good. In fact, they're all just a bunch of excuses. But we use them anyway. We push ourselves further away from God and we wear ourselves down until there's nothing left to give. This crazy cycle can no longer be prevalent in our lives if we want to be the type of gals who are known as overcomers who rise above the ashes of our circumstances. Mm -mm. 
We've got to rise up and recognize the need to rest. It's the only way to persist when we are weary. We must condition our eyes to see that without rest, defeat is just a heartbeat away. I'm not going to beat around the bush, though. It will be a bit challenging at first. In fact, you might not like it initially because it's going to seem counterproductive. It will require you to be persistent in learning how to pause and assess your situations honestly. Trust me, this didn't come naturally to me at all. So I want to take a moment to share with you the story of the day that I learned to rest. The room was dimly lit as I sat at my desk staring at the computer screen with my cell phone in my hand. My weekly coaching call with my life and business coach had just ended and I was speechless. Scale back, work fewer hours, and get rid of some extra activities? How in the world was that supposed to help me? There was a part of me that felt relieved. Somebody had finally given me permission to say no to things that had been making me anxious and exhausted. They weren't bad things. Volunteering at church as the women's event coordinator was really fun. But it took more time than I had planned. Building my business wasn't bad either, but it consumed my every waking thought and the pressure to succeed overwhelmed me. My go, 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 go habits were taking a toll on my health. I had just gotten out of the hospital a few months ago, and my coach lovingly pointed out to me that this path I was on would only lead me back there again faster. Also, I couldn't remember the last time my husband and I had a real date. What is he even doing tonight? I wondered. As I doodled on my notepad in the dark, I realized there was another emotion tugging at my heart. Fear. I was afraid that I would fail. Afraid I would let people down. Afraid that I would never be enough, have enough, or do enough if I took the time to rest and scale back. My coach asked me to trust her. Against all my natural feelings to run the other way and figure out a better solution on my own, I chose a new route, one I had never willingly gone down before. I humbled myself to the authority and wisdom of my coach and followed her instructions. Had I not obeyed that simple challenge nearly a decade ago, you would not be listening to these words today. On that chilly January evening, she taught me a valuable lesson that strengthened me. She taught me the value of rest and when to say no. We live in a fast-paced world. People can reach us faster and easier than ever before. Emails, Facebook, Instagram, text messages... Facebook messages, and tweets, they all pile up on top of our already busy lives. The kids need our attention, our husbands need our love and support, our friends want to find time for coffee. Somewhere in the middle of it all, we lose sight of ourselves and who God designed us to be. 
This is when weariness sets in. This is when we leave ourselves open to those emotional storms that derail us and wear us down until there's nothing left. Many opportunities that promise rewards of feeling great, helping others, and being successful show up only to leave us feeling alone, exhausted, frazzled, and overwhelmed. Let me clarify something. It's okay to feel great. It's okay to help others. It's okay to be successful. But when we do it all at the expense of our mental health, our physical health, our marriage, our kids, and our time with God, that's when it's not okay. We can never fully live the life God planned for us, the life of an overcomer, when we are stretched thin and hanging on by a thread of fragile emotions and wearied hearts. So we must be intentional and get back to the basics. We must build a strong foundation and then add in the rest from there. That means we got to learn when to say no to something that doesn't fully line up with our priorities or goals. It means asking God for wisdom to know what to say yes to and what to walk away from. Some things will stay and others will need to be let go of for a season or maybe even forever. My personal experience with persisting when weary over the last several years is what inspired me to develop a technique called the art of the pause. We use this in our offices at my company, Big Blue Couch Coaching, and we use it to help our coaching clients get into the habit of persisting when weary and making time for themselves while also getting replenished through God's restful peace. You see, it's not so much that we don't know how to rest and let God calm the storm within, but rather it's that we don't have the mindset toward it. That's where the acronym PAUSE, P-A-U-S-E, comes into play. I want to take a moment to uncover the meaning and the application of this important skill. The P stands for pay attention to your emotions. From this point forward, we can no longer ignore our emotions. We just can't. God gave them to us for a reason, and we must not be ruled by them, but we also must not ignore them. So instead, we must make it a point to pay attention to our emotions so we can accurately assess where we are at at any given moment in our lives. I don't know about you, but when I get overwhelmed or stressed out and weary, it comes out in less than attractive mannerisms. Let's just be real, okay? I get whiny, irritable, snarky even, which can sometimes be funny, but it's a real treat to be around me when my emotions are out of whack. That snark can actually be hurtful. So the sad part about this is that my husband tends to be the one to notice it before I do. Don't we just love that, girls? Like, it's a double-edged sword when your man knows you that well. I know I can't be the only woman on the planet who deals with this, and I am praying that right now you're saying a big amen, preach it, girl, under your breath. 
Well, it's in those moments of raw emotions and hangry feelings that we must remember to pause and pay attention to our emotions. They are a big indicator of what's going on in our hearts, our minds, and our souls, even in our bodies. Sometimes we might just be hungry or tired, or maybe we just need to take time away from that thing that's stressing us out. But when we lean into it, when this happens, we must train ourselves to take it to God, to just stop for a moment and say a prayer or spend a little extra time in his word that day. We can't plow through our emotions and expect them to fix themselves. They won't. And burying them only makes the problem worse. It also causes us to be even more worn down. So we first pay attention to our emotions, and then that allows us to take the next step, the A, which stands for allow time to rest. I personally love the words written in Matthew that we read a little bit ago, or that I read to you a little bit ago. You know, the ones that said, Come to me, all you who are weary. If Jesus can give us permission to rest, then it stands to reason that we can give ourselves permission to rest, too. That's how I see it. The world is not going to fall apart if we take some time for ourselves to rest and recharge. But it's not a natural thing to do in this day and age, is it? I'll admit that the idea of resting used to be a hard one for me. My personality can swing on the type A side of operating as a workaholic if I don't watch it. Several years ago, I would rest only when I was forced to because of a migraine headache or because my body had just shut down from pushing myself too hard. Usually, that ended up with being forced to rest in the hospital for two weeks for what the cystic fibrosis world calls a tune-up. Not exactly my idea of a vacation. It took working with a life coach for me to understand that it was okay to allow myself to rest. In fact, it's more than okay. It's a necessity. You guys, God designed our bodies to work six days and rest one. From the beginning of time, that is how the human body was designed. He even modeled this for us in Genesis by taking a day of rest for himself after creating the entire world. Yet, we push ourselves to try and be superwoman. And you know what? It's doing exactly the opposite. It's actually wearing us down and making us less effective. Over the course of working with a coach for a few months, I learned the importance of scheduling a day of rest into my life every week. My husband and I devoted ourselves to practicing this skill of resting every week without letting household chores or other expectations derail us. I'm not going to lie, at first it was really, really tough. Perfectionism tried to rear its ugly head on more than one occasion as we developed this essential habit. I can honestly say, though, that after nearly a decade of implementing this on a weekly basis, it's now an essential part of our lifestyle. 
On the rare occasions where life is really hectic and we've forgotten to schedule a day of rest, we feel it. It shows up in our work, it shows up in our relationship, and it shows up in our energy levels. Allowing myself to rest has become an essential part of becoming an overcomer. If we were sitting in my office right now, just you and me, assessing your lifestyle in a coaching atmosphere, I would ask you to take out a pen and paper and write down your beliefs on the idea of resting. Oh my gosh, I wish that we could spend those moments together, just you and me, face to face. Wouldn't that be something? There's just something about accountability that opens the doors to overcoming the obstacles in our way that we weren't even aware of. And it's one of my most favorite things as a coach to help people with this. But but since we aren't sitting beside each other right now, I'm going to trust that you're going to contemplate the following questions on your own. Here's three of them. Number one, when was the last time you truly rested? Question number two, How does taking an entire 24-hour period off just to rest make you feel? And question number three, what excuses come to mind that make you believe you can't rest? Seriously, take a few moments to journal through these questions and get really clear on your own beliefs about allowing yourself to rest. It just might be the one tip from this entire episode that changes your life for the better. All right, we're moving on to the U of the PAUSE acronym, which stands for Utilize Stolen Moments. And this is probably one of my absolute favorites. You see, pausing takes creativity. In order to allow God to calm the storm within us, it's really important to utilize stolen moments in creative ways. Resting is not the only way that our souls get restored. We also get restored by filling ourselves up with inspirational Bible verses or audios or music, time with friends. Even engaging in our hobbies can help us recharge. So get creative with how you fill yourself up. Here's a few ideas that can help. Use your time in the car to fill yourself up with an inspirational audio or your favorite music. Sing at the top of your lungs and have a dance party. Who cares if someone sees you? Utilizing stolen moments while driving is one of my favorite activities, and it really helps feed a part of you that loves music. Here's another one. Carve out 30 minutes in your schedule to make it to the gym or take a walk outside three to four times a week. If you're at the gym, multitask and use that time to listen to your favorite podcast or an audiobook so that you tune out the world around you and increase your endorphins. Plus, you're learning at the same time. If you're outside... Unplug from your phone for a while and just be present. Enjoy the beautiful landscaping. Breathe in the fresh air. Pay attention to the sound of the birds chirping and just gaze upon the beauty of the open sky. 
or take a few moments in the morning to enjoy the warmth of your coffee and watch the sunrise. Another idea is to put inspirational quotes on your phone or pull up your favorite Bible verses on a Bible app while waiting in line at the grocery store or at doctor appointments just to fill your mind with truth. Or you could journal in a notebook or in your notes app on your phone about what your favorite hobbies are and then write down a goal of when you're going to begin them again or continue them. Just the other day, I shared these tips with a mom's group And one of the leaders asked me to share my favorite apps and my favorite podcasts since many of the women had never applied anything like this before. Here's a few of my favorite resources for you to go deeper with utilizing stolen moments. The YouVersion app. Honestly, this app is amazing. You can get a verse of the day and you can read several different versions of the Bible on this app too. And the best part is, it's absolutely free. The Calendar app. Several years ago, when I was retraining my brain to think thoughts of faith instead of doubt, I scheduled a message to pop up every day at 11 a.m. from my Calendar app. The reminder would pop up on my phone, and it simply said the words, If I had faith, I would say... This helped me redirect my thoughts immediately, and it stole back some moments that would have otherwise been lost to doubt, lies, and despair. It's a great way to remind yourself and encourage yourself daily, and you can actually use the Reminder app this way too if you just set your reminder to recur every single day or a couple times a day. It's totally up to you. I've actually used this method with several coaching clients to pop up different truth statements and encouragement throughout the day, and it made a world of difference in how they thought about themselves and their circumstances, and I highly recommend it. Okay, podcasts. Well, my favorite podcasts to listen to are from Elevation Church. There's some from Christine Kane. This is from several years ago, so I don't know if it's still available, but it was called Coffee with Chris. Uh, There's the Catalyst podcast. That's always great. And of course, anything from Big Blue Couch Coaching is absolutely my favorite too. And yes, I do listen to my my own podcast episodes sometimes because they help keep me accountable and make sure that I'm applying what I teach. Challenge yourself to find creative ways to utilize the stolen moments in your life. Maybe come up with your own ideas too. You might just find that those moments turn into the most inspirational, revitalizing moments of your day. All right, we are moving on to the S of pause, which stands for Say no. Mm -hmm. In her book, The Best Yes, author Lisa Turkhurst makes the point that when you have a pattern of saying yes, when you know you should say no, it's time to reevaluate some things. Do you ever find yourself saying yes to something while 
on the inside your brain is screaming no? If so, you're not alone. It happens to all of us from time to time. Saying yes to too many things results in stretching ourselves thin. Then we end up placing guilt on ourselves because we feel the tension of too many responsibilities weighing heavily on our shoulders. I encourage you to take some time this week to assess your priorities, assess your schedule, assess your goals for this season of your life, and then find a few things that you could say no to in an honorable way. You're going to do this so that you can make more time for the rest that your body needs and so you can actually follow through with your priorities. Ask God to show you how to say no to three things each week that are not aligned with your purpose. It might feel a bit awkward at first to say no to things, but in the long run, it will set you up for success as an overcomer. And I highly recommend getting the book, The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst, if you need help with this. Okay, finally, the E in pause stands for Embrace the truth that you are worth it. At the root of our overwhelmed emotions and our reasons for not resting is a belief that we aren't worth it. That's really what it comes down to. But you know what? You are worth it. Jesus himself is telling you, asking you, to bring your weariness and your burdens to him so that He can give you rest. He's not saying, come to me when everything is perfect and you have it figured out. And you've figured out how to get everything done. And you've figured out how to be everything to everyone. That's not what he's saying at all. He understands how we have been designed. He knows that there will be times where we feel overwhelmed and stressed out and emotionally exhausted. And he's waiting there for us to simply come to him. You are worth it. Not because I say so, but because he says so. Embrace that truth right now, my friend, in this very moment. Admit out loud that it is okay to pause, to take a nap, to rest so that you can be at your best for what God has designed you for. I have a confession to make. When I sat down to write this chapter, I had no clue what to write. My mind was blank and creatively tapped out. My heart flip-flopped back and forth between believing I could do this and wanting to call the whole thing off and quit. What was the root of the problem, you might ask? I was exhausted. Physically, spiritually, emotionally exhausted. Instead of pushing myself to forge ahead, I recognized the opportunity to obey that gentle nudging that God had placed on my heart to spend the day resting and drinking in his words of life. And as I did, my mind was refreshed and I could think more clearly. My anxious nerves and those fickle doubts were relaxed and quieted. My soul and energy was recharged. That's what happens 
when we trust God's nudging, when we allow him to calm that storm within. Humor me for a moment. I want you to imagine that your home is quiet right now. Your loved ones are enjoying a nap by your side. Maybe your dog is resting at your feet or your cat is cuddled up next to you and you're sharing a blanket on a sectional couch. You're cozy, right? That seems so peaceful. Maybe you're nestled in the corner of the couch enjoying a snack and maybe a warm cup of coffee is in your hands and the rain is falling outside your window and you hear that pitter-patter, just that beautiful, soothing sound of rain. That's not just a dream. That can actually be your reality. Days like that are needed. They're vital to our souls and to our bodies. Rest days shouldn't happen on rare occasions. They should be a weekly part of our schedule. Days that are written on the calendar with the sole purpose of doing nothing. It's biblical. It's healthy. It's a necessity for the life of an overcomer. As we wind down our time together in this episode, I encourage you to look at your schedule and carve out a day of rest. Understand that time will never open up for this. In fact, busyness and the always waiting to-do list will beckon you never to rest. So you must make the time to rest. Be intentional about it for yourself and for your family. And if you're alone, be intentional about it for the family you might have someday. Every area of your life will begin to improve when you do this. Refresh on purpose. Relax on purpose. Recharge on purpose. Because she who overcomes never quits when she feels weary. She never gives up when she's tired. Instead, she recognizes that she needs a nap. She takes a moment to pause And she lets God recharge her soul as she rests in his peace. We will be back with another episode for you next week. For now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, That means the world to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, go to BigBlueCouchCoaching.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram under BigBlueCouchCoaching. A shout out to my hubby, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. And most importantly, I hope that you found something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.